Hello, I'm Alan Sklar. I usually read bedtime stories to Michael's wife, but tonight I'm listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Be warned though, there's going to be swearing. Previously on AFTN. I, I find it very hard to uh, take seriously the words of a person who's been so detrimental to the development of Canadian players when he had an opportunity, when he had an opportunity to... Uh, Go ahead. Someone's <laughs> phone is obviously on. Is it Zach's phone? Yeah, Zach's phone. Was Siri on? Yes. Okay. <laughs> or Don Garber <laughs> has actually... Bugged the studio. <laughs> He's already made sure I wasn't allowed my He's puppet. He's sabotaging our bring... talk on Canadian players as I, well. Yeah, I wanted to bring my puppet into the, the meeting yesterday, but I thought I'm not I'm gonna last like five seconds if I do that. Sorry, I my 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 volume's all shut off. This is a serious matter, yeah, Zach. And is. if you don't care about Canadian players <laughs> No, but seriously, for someone who has shown a, a huge Siri, what is the detrimental to Canadian players? Okay, sorry, on you go. <laughs> I'm sh- I assume you'll edit this all out, but... No, <laughs> no this is gold. <laughs> Ten minutes left. Yeah, but there's still some time. It's not the final score. We need more than the numbers were given. Welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Muscoon Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And what a week. I I don't know that two hours is going to do us justice for talking about that Columbus game. But we'll try. We've got two hours to fill. I think... We can just about squeeze it into the two hours. There's so much to talk Steve, about. Steve and I were talking before you got here, and we thought this might be a good good time to do an hour. <laughs> or if we were just talking about the game 15 minutes, get home early, <laughs> get some sleep. It was a horrible game. I think people that I've spoken to that were there, I haven't really there, wait, There was any, people there? There was some people oh, okay. there. I nearly wasn't there because I, I actually thought it was a seven o'clock kickoff. <laughs> and I really have to thank Mr. Whitecaps. Oh. On Wednesday, we we're talking about that. And I said, Oh, I'm going to go to a VMSL game but before it and then head along. And he's like, What time's the VMSL game? It's like four. It's like, 
you know we kick off at two. I was like, no, I, I didn't. So if he hadn't told me that, I would have turned up at seven to an empty stadium. Instead, I turned up at two o'clock to an empty stadium. <laughs> it's oh, man. just under 17,000 was the official attendance. Was the paid attendance. Yeah. The supporter section was pretty rocking. You came through on TV. When the stadium's empty like that, you can hear the Well, yeah, at least you, you get some echo. But it, it wasn't a lot of fun. I've, I've got to say that. But there's some positives to take for it. Only two games to go. And only one of them's at home. And I think I speak for everyone when I say, thank fuck. Because I can't take too much more of that. That game yesterday was so boring. It was... Columbus should have put it to bed. And they had something to play for. Yes. You would not know until yeah. the end when they looked absolutely devastated. Yeah. And they went one up. A horror from Zach McMath. Yeah. Didn't hold on to the ball to start with. And then the great photograph from our, our photographer, Caroline Frog Photo. I tweeted that out. Just brings him down. The guy's trying to round him and just... No, no questions. No there. question at all. Yeah. No need for VAR in that one. They bury it. It's 1-0. Who scored? Jossie? Jizzy. Jossie He was getting Jizzy with it. Didn't get a chance to speak to Jizzy after the game because I had to go to that VMSL game that was on at four. Priorities. Well, I didn't have to, but it was a lot more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It was It was 2-1. There was action. There was, yeah, Serbians and everything. <laughs> that usually guarantees action. But 1-0 at Columbus. We're not going to break down the game. Whitecaps had a chance to tie it up. Theo Bayer deflected shot off the post. That one move basically summed up the Whitecaps season because that could have gone anywhere. Yeah. And instead it went straight into the Ali Gazal lookalike in the Columbus goal. He was a spin image for Ali Gazal. Eyes and everything. Didn't know where he was looking. But he looked to get the ball and it went straight into his hands. So I got up to leave and... Steve thought, I'll, I'll just head off with you. No, it's only because I had two-hour parking. I had to go. He, th- he thought ahead. <laughs> we we walked to the, the thing. He's away to go. And I was like, look, there's 30 seconds to go. We can't not see the last 30 seconds. Something dramatic could happen. Uh-huh. Ten seconds later, Freddy fucking Montero. 1-1. One, one. Everyone went home happy? <laughs> well... In theory, everyone went home happy. That's what it's all about. Send them home happy. Do you not agree? They only remember the last thing they saw. Right. Which was the ball going at the back of the net, Freddie kicking the corner flag that snapped and getting a yellow card for it. That was the game. Yeah. In two minutes. Yeah, it was... Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, good night. No, it... it and just small comments in terms of the performance. It it felt like the whole game plan A for the game plan was get the ball to Jordy Reyna and hope that he can do some something incredible. Yeah, and he has of late. So, yeah. The problem, of course, with that gambit is when he's not on, and there's no one else that has been on. It's not going to work very well. Yeah, or when other teams shut him down. Yeah. Then, then it seemed like plan B was, hey, if, the, if if Jordy's covered or he lays it off, get it wide and put it across because that's a high probability chance creation method usually. Yeah. 
and and we're and neither of those things are working yesterday. No, we're not going to talk too much about the players because in this week's episode, I'm excited <gasps> oh, about yeah. this. It's our annual. Don't we usually wait till like we do? But the season's over, yeah. and honestly, if we weren't doing this over parts two and three, this show could have been half an hour. I was saying to Steve at the game yesterday, I have nothing for tonight's show if we don't do this. So we're doing our keep, trade or release. Seems a good time to do it. Steve's going to do a, a full written version at the end of the season, but we'll, we'll pad out an hour by talking about that. Maybe not as much as that. But So we're not going to break down the players too much. We're not going to talk about the game too much. But I, I do think sending the fans home happy is what it's all about. They've got a chance to do that, to round the season off. I when they, when they play RSL in two weeks. But do you know who wasn't happy after that match yesterday? Let me guess. It was the coach. It was. Yeah. Off-pitch team? Both. No, Mark. Uh, Mark. Oh, yeah, Mark was. Well, yeah. MDS's comments where he thought they fully deserved a point out of that, I did not. No, I did not. Not, not at all. Um, yeah, Caleb Porter. I, that's, the one, that's one of the things I missed from being there. So I... I, I, there's been times where you sent me to Portland to cover stuff yes. and uh, playoff Th- those games. Those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, when when that could happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember playoff games too. Like he was always quite chatty with you. No, he was great. Um, both in the in the press conference room and then after. Um, so I got to do that a couple times, and I I I, I appreciate him. There's a few things I love doing on this show. One. Eating chocolate digestives. <laughs> impressions. Two impressions. Three, taking my clothes off and there's people out in the in the nest here. So happy it's empty out there tonight. And four, hearing from a sad Caleb Porter. And that's exactly what we're going to do now. Did it feel more like a loss, obviously, after uh, how things played out right at the end? Yeah, really disappointing. Um, season was online. Uh, you know, we're up on zero. 10 seconds to go. We need to put the, put the ball in the stands. You know, these are simple things that you have to do to win games, and, you know, we do the wrong things, and it's uh, cost us the season, honestly. If we could see a game out this year, we'd be in the playoffs. You've always just preached that urgency, finishing. Did it feel just a, like a big step back after the, you know, amount of games that you were not losing or drawing? You figured that out, you turned it around? Yeah, I mean, obviously you saw uh, their team. They were a bit lifeless, you know, and the game was there for us to, you know, easily run away with uh, if we're sharp and we're urgent. Uh, we got the first goal and uh, we started just, uh, you know, playing not to lose. You know, we didn't play to score the second goal. Uh, psychology changed. Um, anytime we went forward, we could have scored a goal, honestly, um, and uh, we didn't, you know. And so what do you say? At the very least, we should have seen the game out at the end. I mean, the game was done, right? The, the referees were waiting to blow, blow the whistle. We have to, you know, put the ball in the stands. We have to foul. We have to put pressure on the cross. We have to obviously pick up uh, one of the most lethal strikers in the league. Um, always has been. And we don't do any of those things. And uh, it's not the first game. Uh, and to be honest with you, I just thought overall uh, we, we should have played better, especially against a team that uh, really had nothing to play for. Uh, obviously, I know this place well. It's like 10 games or so I've been here. Uh, had some good results, had some bad results. This definitely is one that I will want to forget. And we ain't got no basketball team. We ain't got no football team. 
So everything's yellow. Columbus Crew swag, baby. Yeah. Yellow gold, yellow shoes, yellow beach, Columbus Crew. Caleb Porter there. He was sad, disappointed. Not the first time, of course, we've knocked one of his teams out of the playoffs. Although they are technically still alive. Yeah. I had to change Steve's match report because oh, really? they are mathematically still Barely. A- alive. But yeah, they're on Math is on their side? Yes. Math. No, math was on their side. On, on, <laughs> yes, on maths. <laughs> maths. But thanks to Harjit Jahal as well for... He went and spoke to Columbus players after the match and, and gave us that audio so for cheers for that. She didn't want to go to VMSL? No. Oh. I didn't invite her, to be fair. Now, MDS has talked about wanting to finish the season strong. There'd been signs of it in the previous games, but Saturday, that there was none of that at all. For me, it was an inexcusable performance at home from players against a poor team. There was just, there was nothing there. The, everyone's saying they haven't given up, but to me, it kind of looked like they had yesterday and they were just kind of winding everything down. And we talked about it last week. People have questioned MDS saying, look, I'm not wanting to play the young guys. We've still got a lot to play for. And his desire to finish the season strong. So I, I wrote a little piece about that on, on AFTN this week, but here's the audio from that with some, some extra stuff in it as well. Just Mark explaining his reasoning in that and why it was important to him to finish strong and how it's a weird feeling for him right now. So Mark, I don't know how much this enters into things for you. So you've always been a winner everywhere that you've yeah. gone. How much does not finishing bottom of the West mean to you this year? Is that it means it means we're it's in our heads not to finish bottom. It would be a first for me personally to already it's weird to be in a month of uh, September and going through games even if we're keeping the right attitude in our guys, it's hard, right? No, I'm used to, man, I have incredible memories, recent of September months of pressure, hard beating, important games. So it's it's new, but I think it's part of the process. Also, you individual as a coach, you know what? You'll ne- I know very little coaches that are going to sit down at the end of, your, of their career at the age of 60 or 65 and you're going to ask, hey, how was your career? And they're going to say everything incredible. Well, we won every year. No, from Ancelotti to Mourinho, Guardiola, they're all going to have, man, there was phases that were difficult. You know, I remind, remember a lot uh, reading on, on Sadi and how much he... He uh, he got uh, sacked uh, nine times in his career, or eight times in his career. So the process to become Sari, uh, I mean, coaching Napoli, Juve, Chelsea, was difficult. Uh, then you have examples of the first year, even at Ferguson in Manchester United. Yeah, he struggled. Uh, Bill Belichick at New England Revol- uh, New England Patriots in football and. When you read on all of that, 
you realize that it's part of the job so it's how do you take how do you learn i learned a lot i learned a lot that's what i could say we, we made so much the fact like we looked at the 2011 team and that's been the team that's had the, the worst record in MLS. Was that ever discussed that you had to make sure this team was not the worst ever no, team? No, to be honest, we never thought about it. But Phil told me last week that hey, there was wor there was worse than us in yeah. the club. You know? <laughs> but I, ne I never thought about it. Um, I was always driven to be in the top seven. Uh, but now, what my homework in the day we got especially the day we got knocked out by Calgary I started evaluating a lot of my work because you have to do that as a coach and also evaluating the roster and I started to to evaluate a lot okay we talk about we want to be what we want to be is top four in the west uh, what we want to be is uh, win the Canadian championship that's in general, if you would speak with owners, what where they, they want to bring this club. Today, to be top four of the West, if you think that in a normal year, mm. Seattle, Galaxy and LAFC must be in the top three or the top four. And then the, the battle for the, the next fourth, Vancouver, Portland, Sporting, Dallas, Colorado, Houston, all teams that want to be there. Okay. And then when you talk about being a normality to win the Canadian championship should be something normal. We won one Canadian championship in 11. So yeah. as a club, it shouldn't be a normality. It should be very difficult to win a Canadian championship. Yeah. You had something to do with us not winning some of them. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Yeah. But, but still, we, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to do it, and it's hard to, to be in the top four. So now our homework is much more, what do the other clubs have that we don't have? What can we have that they have, and some things we can have, and then stretch the club to become the best we can. So that has been 60% of my work in a day right now. So that was me talking to Mark DeSantos there on Wednesday at training. Oh, I, that was hilarious. Yeah. Now, when I said that he had something to do with us not winning the Canadian Championship, I meant it's because he'd been successful and had won a couple with Montreal. But as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, he's going to think I mean because of the whole Je me souviens. Yeah, I was going to say, you might as well just look him in the eye and said, Je me souviens. <laughs> if, if he'd said anything back about it, I was going to go, Je me souviens. <laughs> But yeah, I meant because he's been successful and he has won oh, that. That's true. But yeah, I mean, he's talking that he so didn't want to finish bottom of the West. That point's moot now because the the draw with Columbus means first it's time, over. First time for Vancouver, right? Or no, second? Oh, since 2011. Second. Yeah, second. yeah. So we are officially the worst in the West. Hooray. <laughs> we might get a prize for that. Well, we do get a prize. We yeah. get the fourth the fourth pick in the super draft, which I'm not sure that we'll use, but someone will want it. So who knows what we get? Right, because the new teams and 
Cincinnati. Yes. Right. I mean, we could technically still be third worst in MLS if we win our last two games. But right. since one of them is at LA Galaxy next week, I don't think we should even talk about that game next week. That's I have bad feelings about you that game could, next week. It could get ugly. It could get ugly. It could even get uglier than the LAFC thing. Although we will talk about the Galaxy struggled a little bit this week against a Canadian team. So who knows? They're a bit yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. There's one home game to go. I did joke that we should send the fan home, fans home happy, but I kind of mean that as well. And we've talked about it before. When we win the last game of the season, it does leave different kind of memories in, in some fans' minds. And it's going to be a long off-season. You're looking at five months already. Could be even longer, depending on what happens with the CBA. Who can define happiness? That will be in part three of tonight's show, as we have another half hour to kill. But it was an early kick-off on Saturday. As I said, I nearly missed it. Some folk maybe did. We were debating whether some folk maybe thought that they didn't know it was an early kick-off, and by the time they found out, they thought, ah, screw it, I'm not going to get there in time now anyway. The last home game of the season is a one o'clock kick-off, because it's Judgment Day. We will be judged as being the worst in the West, but we will still be judged. I don't think our game's going to be one of the ones that they're doing the big whip arounds on too much. RSL, though, to be fair, right. are battling positions and stuff, so, I mean, who knows? What's your thought of early kickoffs? Now, I've grown up, my team always played three o'clock on a Saturday. That's what I was used to. That's what I liked. Coming here, it was a bit weird having all these evening kickoffs at Swan Guard and, and stuff like that. I've kind of got used to now the later kickoffs, and I don't like the early kickoffs, the two or the three. I don't mind going to see a VMSL game at three or four in the afternoon, because yeah. to me, it's like being back in the East five days. That's more my fun. Not that I'm saying the White Cats aren't fun, but it's kind of work because I'm having to work the game and do stuff. So yeah. it's it's I'm working there. So you're kind of working on a Saturday afternoon. Do you like the early kickoffs? I I, I would prefer like I like a league where the kickoffs are standard. So you, yeah, you talk about you know the old yeah. how it wasn't that's long changed. No, uh, yeah, but even now, like for example, well, Bundesliga, Bundesliga still, yeah. there's five kickoffs. Well, they six when they do that bastardized Monday thing or whatever mm. that the, I don't know if they're doing this year. I can't remember. I think they might have got rid of it. Um, but there's Friday night. There's the main kickoff on Saturday and then the late kick. One one match kicks off late on Saturday and then two times on Sunday. On Sunday, um, And there's just two games that day. Um, so I like that when you like know. Mm. Like with MLS, it, it like two o'clock feels like, like when was the last time was there a Saturday two o'clock kickoff, right? Yeah. Can you? I, was there one this year? I, I can't recall one. Like it, so, it just I don't like that when it's just like at a random time yeah. for some weird reason. Because it does mess folks' days up that have commitments. Some uh, folk love it because they've got a whole afternoon of yeah. drinking before the game and the game and a few drinks after and go for a curry or whatever. Yeah, I mean, as someone who lives far away and has children, all that kind of stuff, I sometimes I don't mind those kind of those kind of games where just it's to get away from it all. No, where it's early, you can go in and you can still go home and have an evening with your family. Or stay in the city and have have an evening with your family or evening with friends or whatever, but uh, it, it, I just I don't like that. There's no rhyme or reason to mm -hmm. the or sorry, the rhyme or reason is not known as to why these games are kicking off beyond it being the, in control of the TV the TV people or whatever. Well, funny you should say that because that was uh, a question that was put to MDS at training on Friday, right. and 
He had some interesting, interesting thoughts on that, which we'll, we'll hear just now. No, I love the two o'clock start. For me, we would start every time at two o'clock. No, it's more, I think they, there's less recovery for the opponent yeah. coming in. And uh, I understand, like, I, there's the factor of fans that maybe it's better to play at seven. If mm. it's better for ticketing to play at seven, I'll always support more that for the club. If the club would tell me, Mark, it that makes no difference, we have the same amount of fans, I would prefer to play at two than at seven. Just because I know when we're on the road, we prefer the night games than mm. the two. When we play at two, it's very tough. You feel that you're you're still trying to, to adapt in the time zone. And we want to find everything that is competitive advantage. And uh, look, it doesn't mean we win the game. But we just feel that the recovery of the opponent is less. It's uh, it's better for us. Bit of a disaster there. <laughs> just as we were playing that audio, I thought that was longer than Steve, it was, and I just dropped my money everywhere. Steve, was that not entertaining yeah, to see a, our friend, our Scottish friend, drop his oh, money? The horror on my face! I scramble to grab it. it all. It's okay. I dropped one of the the tunies, but I managed to get down and hit him in the back of the head before it hit the ground. Steve is like ten seconds, and then Michael drops. It. <laughs> I couldn't fit it into my purse. I have a little coin purse. Yeah. Anyway, Martin Santos there talking about early kickoffs. He likes two. Hmm. Scott Sutter was asked about it as well. I don't have the audio for that, but he said he doesn't mind them here. He hated them in Orlando because of the heat. Yeah, yeah. But he, what he, he made a valid point off. Look, you're playing teams that have travelled a big distance. They're already messed up with their their thing. Get them to play early, and they'll be even Hard, more messed yeah. up. Do you think it does make much a dis- difference to the attendance? Obviously, folk from the island can come over. Folk from the interior can can come in and, and yeah. get back in the same day. Yesterday, obviously, it, it didn't make too much of a difference. But I think a mix is good because you are getting fans from the island, and it's expensive if they're having to stay overnight. Well, hopefully, they're supporting their their local team on the island. But yeah, I know some of them still. The Nairobi United, Pacific FC. Oh, they might as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know some of them still come over uh, and and support on the mainland as well. But. Um, yeah, I mean that that's that's nice, but th- this this year has been so shambolic in so many different ways that it doesn't matter about it doesn't matter what time that game would have been yesterday. Yeah. I don't think it would not, not have changed. I'm curious things. what the last game is going to draw. It is the last game of the season, which usually does get a good crowd in. It's a chance to say goodbye to to some players. I'm sure. Not some well, loved, not not the Colombian. <laughs> some not loved. Well, who knows? It could be. He has a contract, Mike. Does he? That's what he keeps telling you. No. For how long? One more year. I was never mentioned that. <laughs> but yeah, in the next part, we are going to talk about which players we might want to keep, which players we might want to trade, and which ones we just feel should get the heave hole. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Thank you. 
that was Murder the Disturbed with their song DNA from their Genetic Disruption EP. Can you guess what year that was released? Yes, I can. 79. Yay! <laughs> can we play that song? That's a good song. 1979? We can just hum it. I said I would play the odd 1979 song for the rest of the year. But there was, some, there was some really good ones that I didn't play because they hadn't been chart songs, so there's right. stuff like that. But it does tie in with what we're going to talk about in this part, which is going to be Vancouver Whitecaps DNA. What should the Whitecaps DNA be? MDS has chatted recently of signing the best players that we can and then sorting out a team that plays around the players that he's got. A dangerous approach, but in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense. Well, it's opposite of what he tried this year. Yeah. You don't... We've had too many seasons of him, Robbo, trying to, to fit square pegs into triangular holes. Yeah, but it, but but Robbo at least did the thing where he got the best players and tried to get the, the, most, the most out of them because he knew he wasn't going to be able to, to get... Most of them are defensive midfielders, to be fair, but yeah. That makes it easier. Four six zero. The famous Scottish lineup against the Czech Republic. Didn't score that game. There's a shock. Now, you know I'm not a fan of talking about the English national team and what they do. Mainly because they win and Scotland doesn't. Now if they're getting beat, I do like to talk about them. But out of curiosity, I googled football teams DNA. Just to see what kind of stuff came up. And the first thing that came up was actually the five core elements of the English national team. Now they are, who are we? Who are we? Who are we? How we play, the future England player, how we coach and how we support. And that's not meaning you guys waving your flag so that other folk can't see the game. Looking at those from a Whitecats perspective, what should... What should that look like? Who who are we? Canadian identity, I guess, is what Mark DeSantis has tried to establish a little bit of this year by bringing in some of the, the national team players. How we play. There was a, a spell yesterday where none of us could actually work out what the hell the formation was. Where we three at the back. Was Andy Rose a centre-back? Why was Ali Adnan up the pitch? Oh, the other team's attacking. Why is Ali Adnan up the pitch? Who's left back? There's not a left back. Why is Ali Adnan up the pitch? That kind of stuff. Hey, that, that was our discussion a lot. 34-year-old Ali Adnan's going to go where 34 Ali Adnan wants to go. He got man of the match yesterday. When I saw that when I got home, <laughs> after the discussions we'd been having throughout the second half, I was like, were we just not watching the same game? Or was it just lots of his Iraqi fans that were voting? I, I don't know. I mean, what would you like to see the Whitecaps' DNA being? What would you like it to be? Yeah, yeah. I well, I, I well, I, I, when I think about this, I often think of Slamo and what Slamo, Slamo people like Slamo and John Humphreys when, when we're in the, when we're in the ground or or the or the pub or traveling to away matches. You want you want a, few, a couple of things. You want is you want like you want at least a team that's like gritty and hardworking. Uh, Guys, you feel you can genuinely root for and get behind. Yeah, there's that, but that are also just like they have a will to win. They're hard, hard to beat. You know what I mean? Putting in the effort. Yeah, that would be part. On the that pitch. would be part of it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm I'm not saying that that's the be all and the end all for me, but I think that that's I think if they had that, that would be at least like a something. D- do you feel that grit, that passion has been lacking? Oh this? yeah, massive, massively. Has it not? Yeah. One thing I will say is, say at training this week, I was quite surprised. It's such a good vibe. Everyone seems to get on. And considering that a lot of these guys know they're not going to be back next year, it was it was a really, really good hard training session. Folk were flying into tackles and there was a lot of passion there. But then when I saw the game that turned out on Saturday, it's like, look, what, look what different. happened? It was, it was, I don't know, it was baffling. And, and, yeah, so there's that. And then it'd be nice if the club had, I mean, had an identity of, you know, that it created as opposed to asking a new coach to create it every time. But mm. also if there was this this identity of developing and playing your own players, that would be nice. I think that's what a football club should do in, in an ideal world. Um, yep. And that's, I mean, there's obviously there's glimpses of that, but far too little for what yeah, they're Yeah, I think we're still a, a good couple of years away from seeing some of the guys just from, from things that MDS has said. Yeah. But a lot of what the Caps' DNA is going to look like next season is naturally going to be based on the players he brings in. But what of those in the current squad? So this is why we're going to kick off the keep trade release segment this week. There's 29 players on the MLS roster, and that includes the on-loan Anthony Blundell. So in this part, we're going to talk about the defence, the goalies, and we'll kick things off there, I guess, with with the four goalkeepers that are on the books. Oh, a wealth of goalkeeping talent. You could say an excessive amount in terms of the chance that they're actually going to get to, to play in the team. But it is good for the development of someone like Thomas Hassel to sign an MLS deal keep learning in that pro environment. At the same time, the Caps have him on his book, so they're not going to lose him to another team without getting a transfer fee or recouping some of the development money. So Hassel will be back next year. What about, so, so we're not even going to talk about it? No. Okay. What about the the other Canadian, Sean Melvin? He's been on the bench a couple of times this season due to injuries or whatever. For me... It feels that he needs to move away now. For his good, he needs to be playing. CPL is surely in his future. He, for his own benefit, he should want to go and he should want to be a a starter somewhere. Yeah, he's at an age where he needs to play. Uh, And to be fair, I would rate him higher than at at least one or two of the the starters in CPL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe more. Uh, so I think I, he could possibly go to Pacific and walk into the number one job there. Well, both I've heard. I mean, when you as you hear people talk, both him and Simon Thomas, I think at one day they would both like to play for Pacific. See, being yeah. from Victoria, yeah, I mean it would make. Sense. I think if Melvin is not considered a backup with the Whitecaps, he should move on. Yeah, that, that's sorry. That's an. I mean, I didn't want to say this before we got to the other keepers, but I agree with you, Steve. Yeah. If they want to make him the backup. Okay, then you then stay. Oh yeah, that's different. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if he keep him there. But if he's not gonna if there's like z- virtually zero chance he's gonna play, then yeah. yeah, he needs to move for his own benefit. I mean we know like Max Repo, he's established himself as the number one. He did that yeah, so not, early he's in, not going in the season as well. Yeah. He's had his contract extension. He's the guy you're building this defence around. Yeah. Barring an absolutely horrific time next season. So the big question then with the goalkeepers is what do you do with Zach McMath? You'd 
can't afford that luxury on the team. Yeah, he's on a hundred and ninety thousand, which he's earned it because he's been in the league for so long. So I'm not grudging him that, but for a backup to have a hundred ninety, he's played a handful of games. That's and there is he's shown enough where I think one of the expansion teams would be interested in bringing him as a, a yeah. as a starter. He, he needs to go somewhere where he's got a, a realistic chance of being the number one. Which and he, he's not got that. Which he doesn't hear. I, I, I felt bad for him in Philadelphia. I felt horrible for him in Colorado. This year, yeah. it feels all on him. Like uh, It's he, not on him. Crepo oh, played him right off the bat, and he, he didn't have a chance. Like yeah. I, McMath, except for the goal last week, I don't really – he's really not, not – he made some big saves. Yeah, he he's, kept he's he kept him bad. in the game yesterday. Really, if it wasn't for his salary, I would have no issue with no, him still being no. here as backup. I disagree. He yeah, has, this, he, has, he has not. Been. This is the man who considered Brian Rowe not a MLS keeper, and he's actually a starter, and he's actually played really yeah, well this year. He's having a career year, though. Yeah, yeah. No, Zach McMath has had a horrible year. He he came horrible. in. Horrible. I yeah. wouldn't say no, horrible. You're, I, Dude, he came in as the the older well, yeah, if player. You look at it that he was way, not good in the he preseason. Would have, he'd have been expecting think, to think, start. Think about the games in Hawaii. He was not good. Yeah. He was not good. But when he's been called on here, he's been he's been pretty. He's good. not he's been, been he's, he's not been, been good enough. He's been patchy. He's not been good enough. Look at the, look at last week. That goal that goal is on. Yeah. There's been multiple yeah. games where goals are on him. Howler might be the my strong Some term. Some of that, though, of course, is because he's not playing and you're throwing him in. He's a bit cold and keepers have that. I I think, though, for his good as well, totally. he I, needs for, to go somewhere. For Even his... if he drops down to USL and becomes a starter in a USL team, he might see that as a drop down and he's not going to earn that wage, obviously, in USL. But... There's he, no, there's no he's way he's frustrated gonna drop as well because yeah. he wants to to play. There's no way he's going to drop down, but I agree with you. For if I was him, I'd want out of here. Yeah, I, I'd want to go to somewhere where I, I could potentially so, I mean, win that, back. That leaves he he has a he has a potential to be a good keeper again. Don't get me wrong. That that but, leaves a backup spot that's available, and that's obviously something that they're going to look to fill. And you can do that for way less than 190. So it's either Sean Sean Melvin or they go do something else. Yeah, but I think, and, and I, think you, it, I think it would be someone else. Exactly. Moving ahead of the keepers in, well, look at the fullbacks, the right backs. We've got two. You could class George McCollumba as a right back, but I'm going to put him in the midfield for the, the benefit of this. So, Jake Nowinski, Scott Sutter. Nowinski's on 124,000 guaranteed, Sutter's on 170. MDS kind of made a comment this week that basically, if you mutated them into one composite player, you'd have his ideal right back. He said Sutter is great going forward, but needs to work on stuff defensively. And at his age, he's not really going to improve, you wouldn't think, too much defensively. Whereas Jakey feels is good defensively, but does not offer enough going forward. And the last two seasons, I would agree with that. He's kind of, he's dipped for whatever reason with his offensive output. That said, MDS has also praised what Sutter brings to the locker room not just in terms of his experience, but just his whole demeanour and yeah. nature and helping young players. And he is a great guy to have around. And I don't know if he'd be getting more than 170. A lot of these guys get less in their, their second year. I have no problem with keeping them both here. Sutter likes being here. I think we'll see both next year. But at the same time, I wouldn't be too upset if they traded Nerwinski because I feel he's going to have value in this league as an American. I was going to say the exact same as you. Yeah, I like 
I think well, they're both domestic players. Yeah, but with yeah. him being American, he gets marketing the, and all that. Yeah, Lord. he. I think I think they could get some value for for Jake if they wanted to, if they wanted to trade him, and I could see them doing that to, and then trying to bring in an upgrade and keeping Sutter as the the backup. The backup if right? they want to keep continuity and they don't want to make too many changes, I would bring both back. Why do you uh, want continuity when you finish dead last in your conference? I, because you don't. Because look what happened this year when they didn't have any kind of continuity. You want to have some, even though they you, did have some this year. They had Jake. They had uh, uh, Henry. Okay, okay. My opinion yeah. is if they want you want continuity, you bring them both back because there's other positions that need changing more. That's more important that, right that's now. Fair. So I, they're not on horrendous wages. No, and I do like what what they bring. Left back, I think is going to be an issue next season. Because obviously Ali Adnan, he's clearly back. He frustrates the hell out of me because he's got so much talent. He's great going forward. His tracking back, there was times yesterday that Rusty was playing left back and kind of yelling at him because it's like he wasn't getting back and getting frustrated. And when he goes forward, he's great. And we've talked about before, he's not really a left back. And I had an interesting chat at training this week with someone. What was his background, I wonder? I need to look more into this. Was he a left winger that maybe couldn't get a spot on the left wing and they converted him to a left back? A la Fonzie uh, to Brett, an extent. Brett Levi's. Brett Levi's. Brick Shea. He's been up and down the, the left wing in different positions. If we play a 3-5-2, I think he's great for that. And I also think someone like Sutter's great for that as well. The other one, so you've got PC, who I'm classing as left back, and Brett Levi's. For Adnan, first of all, just quick thoughts from you guys on him. Well, he's coming back. He's not going uh, Yeah, and you'd ha- in order for you to find out what his history was, you're going to have to go back about 20 years, yeah. clearly. Um, but uh, <laughs> Ad- for me, Adnan then. comes back. PC's definitely out. No I doubt think, in my yeah, mind PC's there. PC's going. Uh, you think they're not going to bring him back? Oh, 100% yeah. he's not coming back. I don't think he should have come in the first place. Yeah. But- and Levi's, no. Levi's. I think if they're happy with him at left back, they keep him. If they, if they don't think, he's probably gone too. I, but I don't see where you're gonna who you're gonna bring to replace him at this point. Yeah, I just think. Well, see, that's the thing because you know that Ali's gonna start, so you're having to bring someone in that's gonna be happy. And I think Levi's would be fine as a backup. Yeah, right he now. would be okay with that. I I have a feeling though that this might be Brett's last year here. He's just he doesn't seem to have featured even when he's been healthy. He doesn't seem to be a guy that's in MDS's plans. I don't think MDS rates him. No. If if a Saskatchewan CPL team was definitely coming in 2020, that would that's make ideal sense. But yeah, doesn't look like that's happening. I, I could see him going. But of course, a lot of the fullback but, options is going to depend on what MDS wants to play formation-wise next season. It, anyway. That's a big part of it. The other thing is what Steve said on the right side. Is, is that where you need to make a drastic change or pay more money than when you're paying Brett? Right? I don't see if you've got Ali tearing up, you need a stay at home right back. Because if you've got both your guys going No, I know. But what I'm saying is, do you really want to get rid of Brett Levi's and then bring in a no, backup who you're going to yeah. have to pay more? But then it's, you have to make changes on this defense. And I know it's not all in the defense, it's on the midfield. It's and on we'll the midfield. The defense, I think, is fine. There will, there will be tink- tinkering with the defense, but I think it's mostly the midfield that needs help. The Well, let, let's look at the center backs. With five in the books. Brendan McDonough, he's been loaned out to USL side Charlotte Independence, second round draft pick. He's made one appearance, I think it looked like, for, for Charlotte. Safe to say he's not back. 
no. release, right? I, I, yeah, I, I don't see an issue with him coming back if he's like the fifth or sixth center back. Like he's, he's, that could be a new guy they get in the draft, just yeah. to kind of look at. Now, Eric Godoy's loan he's, is up. Oh, yeah. MDS is high on him. So am I. I guess it comes down to money, what they're going to have to pay him, what they're going to have to pay to bring him here. He wasn't ever present before injury took him out, but before that, his form had kind of dipped a little bit, I think because so much had been on him, and he was kind of carrying that defence. I'd like to see him back. There's some interesting pairings. Him and Kamiri, and we'll come to Kamiri shortly, be a very interesting pairing for me as centre-back. But you've got your two Canadians. Yeah, Yeah, for me, it's Godoy or Henry. One of them stays, one of them goes. Mm. Um, I don't see both of them being here next year. Good, Godoy is one of the players, right, who came but from playing a whole season into another yeah. whole season. Yeah. So I, yeah, I wonder how much of the rest yeah. of them is tied to that and their intentions to bring him back. If you look at the Canadian couple, Daniel Henry, Derek Cornelius, they should both be back. Daniel Henry's talked about this is his home now and all He's that stuff. Wearing the armband a bunch. Yeah. Of all the players these last few months, though, for me... Derek Cornelius is the guy that's impressed me most with his growth. Yeah. I think he's been excellent. He had that shaky start when he was playing at left-back for one thing in the first game. But coming in at centre-back, he had a couple of shaky games. The last couple of weeks and months, I just yeah. think he's been absolutely fantastic. People forget that he's 21, who yeah. just became a centre-back three years ago yeah. from a striker, striker. position. Yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah, I think folk do forget how young he is. He's really impressed me. Yeah. I think, yeah, you have to bring Derek back, and I would fall in that. I think Danielle will be here next year as well. well I, how about the Turkish man of mystery? Oh, yes. Jasser Tur- Kamiri. Oh, Tunisian. Oh, Tunisian. <laughs> it's like, is there someone I'm forgetting about? <laughs> the- Sorry, I was watching a, I was watching a World War I uh, animated video on YouTube, and they were talking about the Turks the whole time, so that's why I got that in my head, I guess. Yeah. Turks and Caicos? The Ottoman Empire. Oh. Yes, Jasser Kamiri, the Tunisian mystery man. But before we give our thoughts on him, I asked MDS just to get some thoughts on him because he's been training full. He looked very impressive at training on Friday, throwing himself into tackles and, of course, absolutely wonderful hair. So let's hear what MDS had to say about him. What's your thoughts on Jasser? He looks really good out there. He does, do, you, do you think we might get a chance to see him before I, the season? Yeah, uh, I hope so. <gasps> if he keeps going like that, I hope so. I think we will have a chance to go. I want. I was thinking a lot about maybe in LA, but then I, you know, are we putting him in a position to succeed the way against Zebra? And not sure yet. Not saying that it's impossible. But then we have uh, we have Salt Lake home oh, that get to the showers, man. I hope. <laughs> but Yasser is a player that is before his injury was spoken to go to to clubs like Mets. A lot of league uh, French clubs were looking at him. He was the captain of the the, the U20 of uh, of Tunisia. He was already being called up a couple of times for the first Tunisian national team that is a national team that's very good and one of the best in Africa and a lot of times in a, a lot of times in, a, in in the World Cup pretty much the the African club the African country with more World Cup presence right so his national team is good and he um, he has attributes that are fantastic right 
like you say, lively, incredibly solid in the air. Very good passing ability. Technically, for a center back, looks comfortable for a top yeah. player. He's, I think, he's our fastest center back. He's faster than Eric. Uh, he's quick. Uh, very aggressive. It's a problem yeah. I'm gonna have. Oh, I, I like that. <laughs> I, but I prefer. I was telling uh, his coach in the national team. I prefer dealing with that than dealing with a guy that's just too soft. But I think he's gonna have tackles in MLS that are gonna be wow. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Look at that flow. Yeah. Yeah. Hair is rock messer. There's a lot of hair. It's so thick. It's so thick. It's like a yeah. It can maybe lend so something. Uh, yeah, we're we excited. But, but, you know, this year I don't put pressure. I, if he plays Salt Lake and he doesn't have a good game, it doesn't tell me much. I think that what I'm excited is him a full preseason and then him um, with the exhibition games and see what he does and then winning a spot but he has a great age to all the attributes to to do very well mds clearly very high on Kamiri, and it's a small sample size i've only seen him up training a few times he looks the real deal and well, he's another young guy as well speaking of looks what does mds feel about his hair he's he can't believe how much he has it's flowing he's right. going to obviously win our hair of the year this year there you go just this yeah. don't you have to get a minute well he's going to and I think like Mark said there he's been deliberating does he throw him into the galaxy game now that would obviously be a big risk but Ali Adnan's booking yesterday means he is suspended for that game down in LA next weekend so I think it could be the chance to see a 3-5-2 and I think Kamiri is the key to 3-5-2 being the option that, that MDS goes for next year. And I I definitely wouldn't mind seeing a Kamiri, Godoy, Henry partnership or Cornelius. Yeah, and the thing is you might might as well put him in there because if he has a setback injury, he'll have enough time to recover before training camp next year. Yeah, hopefully he's all over that. I, I don't know... It's been it's been really tough for him. He's had a tough year because the, the initial operation he had didn't go well, so he had to have another one. He's definitely been back, and I'm excited to see what he does bring to the team next year. I think we'll see it in a three-five-two. Whether that's enough to stop the goals that we've leaked this year, I don't know. Obviously, we might want to look at even bringing some experience into that defence because we don't have a lot of experience there. He's, well, one thing that's clear is uh, not just in this conversation, but even earlier in the year, is Mark DeSantis is very, very high on him. Like he he expects a lot, and he thinks yeah. this could be one of I think his diamond in the rough type uh, signings. Of course, a lot of this stuff about stopping the defense leaking goals is going to be on the midfield, and that is who we're going to have a look at after the break, along with the attack, and we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. I painted up slow, but now it's just a ritual. I didn't want the captain's role, but I'll steer us over highs and lows. It's common though, but for you it's individual. My body's gone cold, my body's gone cold, my 
fucking carnival. Biffy fucking Clyro there with Animal Style. That's where I got the whole Freddy fucking Montero thing from, is from Biffy fucking Clyro. They've got t-shirts that say Biffy fucking Clyro. That's, they come on stage, that's how they introduce themselves. They are our Artists of the Month, Scotland's Finest. Song there from their seventh studio album, 2016's Ellipsis. Now, they're talking about animals. We're going to talk about something that I love now on the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. I love a fucking animal of a midfielder, a destroyer. Someone, a a David Norman kind of player (laughs) that can come in and take someone out. We were talking in the the break that is heading into this midfield part. Like, this is, you know... there's a saying that you know football is won and lost. Football matches are won and lost in the midfield. And one of the problems with the Whitecaps in the MLS era has been that they've never had a dominant midfield. Yeah, and they've never had a dominant midfielder. Uh, and it's always been kind of like a patchwork midfield, like one guy who excels a little bit at this, another guy who excels a little bit at that. But n- some guys have the odd game. Yeah, they yeah, totally. But they've never paid to get a midfielder yeah. that will that will run the show. And that's always show. That's always shown. Like, oh yeah, all, you it, get what you pay for. Totally. And so all throughout the years, during matches, I always hear the same comments about how poor the, how poor the, the approach is because we can't do anything in midfield. We can't get to. We can't come to grips with the game in midfield. We can't get control of the game in midfield, and it doesn't matter. The you know the I don't know how many combinations they've tried in nine yeah. years or whatever. It just. This has been their undoing. Well, we I think. I think. The, the, yeah, the closest they came, I think, was when they brought in Pedro Morales. I think, and then you had Matias Laba and Christian Kofi. That was the closest they had, but that wasn't even good enough to do really anything. You're right. Yeah. All of them were just too inconsistent. That was the the problem. And I mean, we talked last season that so much of where it went wrong was with the midfield. We've talked ad nauseum this season about where it's all going wrong defensively, particularly, is with the midfield. And they're not creative either. So you look at, at the midfielders. It's a, it's a pretty impotent midfield when you look at the overall stats. So for the sake of this piece, this is who our midfielders are this year, now that David Norman has, has gone. In Bum Huang, Russell Tybert, Andy Rose, Johnny Rissé, Simon Coline, Georges Mukalimwa, and Michael Baldissimo. Were you forgetting which Baldissimo <laughs> I was for a second there. That's why I paused and came back to him at the oh, end. Oh, I always mess it up. No, Mukum- Too many of them. Mukalimwa, he's, I think, I know you have him in the midfield, but I thought he was more of a right back, he's, right wing back. I think he's no, actually. He, pl- he's a, he wants to be a midfielder. We've tried to convert him to a right back. Oh, I think he's featured a right back. I, I remember hearing that too. That he was—they were trying to make him a right back. Yeah, yeah. If you'd listened to my interview with him, you'd have heard him saying that he prefers to play in the right side of midfield. Was it the beginning of the midfield, uh, beginning of the year, or when they signed him? When we signed him. Oh, like oh. in the winger position. Mm, kind of winger, but if it's just playing like a four-four-two, which they'll never right play. midfield. 
So he, basically, he's trying to audition for the wide right in the three five two. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of made for that if they are going to try and convert him. But you, you look at that list of names, and obviously we lost Felipe Martins as well over this season. But that—that's a weak midfield. So there's very little surprise that it's not inspiring and that they're not doing what we need. Now you've got Inbom Huang. He's obviously back, barring him being homesick and, and wanting to leave. But that doesn't seem to be the case. For me, he's only been okay. Mm-hmm. He's not the difference maker I hoped. Yeah, He's doing well. When you look at the stats, folk are talking, oh, he's leading this or he's high up in this. Yeah, that's great, but he's not making a difference. I do, though, think we'll see a much better Wong yeah. next year when he's rested when with a far, far better supporting cast. I think that I think he's been good with an unfortunate extended dip. In the middle of the season, and I think so. I think he's been has shown enough flashes where I have no problem with like with what he's shown this year. Uh, with the caveat that he did have an extended season because of the last year and everything, and coming yeah. off an injury and stuff like that, he's done some nice things. He has potential, but he's been underwhelming. Yeah, he what he was sold to us as, and with all this interest from German clubs and stuff, I expected a little bit more, maybe. Maybe it's just because everything's been so bad, you expected him to be just even better than the rest. He stood out from the midfield, but that is not that but hard. You should have known that if a German club is interested in him, that he's a developing player. Yeah, because Germans they like they like getting those developing players and develop them and then resell them for more money. So it, that's a, actually a good sign that he was, the German teams were interested in him. Yeah. The, the Canadian midfielders, Tybert, Baldissimo, Coline, Mukalimwa, they'll all be back, I would imagine. Only one of them will should, two of them maybe have really good minutes next year. Like, I don't, none of them are going to be starters. They shouldn't be next year at all. And, if we've still got Russell Tybert as a regular starter, yeah. I, it's not going to be a dynamic midfield. Do you think his spot is safe just because of his contract or just because yeah. of his... He's like the face of the club yeah. and... There's not. You look at the squad and the, how new all these players are. There's no one that they can market. So he's rent. the front office equivalent of Bobby Leonarduzzi in the yeah. squad. Oh, okay. he's the he's the face of the face team. of the yeah. Okay. I I do feel uh, the likes, but of I don't think you're giving him enough credit for that, that he's had a decent season. He's had oh, I didn't say he hasn't had he a decent has. season. Yeah, I don't mean that at all. I'm just wondering about his. Uh, but like, if you're wanting a dynamic midfield. But I don't you know can't if he's have, a guy that's But you gonna, can't have everybody being dynamic either. No. Because then you're going to be, nice be run to have, through. It would be nice to have one. Yeah. Oh, that's what we want. That's why I put Tybert on the bench, have two guys come in, and then be those dynamic he'll, players. He'll be a guy that when you need a backup, when you need a sub to come on, he'll give you his all. He'll fight for the jersey. He loves the club. And you need that. Yeah. Johnny Risi, club captain albeit because they had to pick someone, which was Mark's glowing... Why did you make him captain? I had to pick someone. Yeah. He's got a two-year contract. A few few guys have two-year <laughs> contract. He hasn't told everyone about it, but he's got a two-year contract. He's clearly out of favour just now. He's on just over 750000 guaranteed. He's a good player. I don't doubt that at all. I've liked what he's doing. It's an unsexy position that he plays. I think in this league, though, he's a bit too slow. He wants too much time on the ball. Yeah. And he's been caught a few times with that. Again, he's not a difference maker. 
that someone on that money needs to be. Because if you're bringing, you can get some good DMs for way less than 750. Yeah, he he needs. I think if they can find a Spanish team that take him on a free transfer, I think they'll jump on that. I think. So I think too. that's and I think he might be a candidate to be bought out if they if they're willing no. to do that. No, I, no think, I, I don't know. I think I'm just might. saying if they can't find yeah. somebody, I I really obviously think they, he's, he's been tired as well, and the rigors of MLS have taken their toll on him as it's, well. Oh, it's not like where you just jump on a bus and drive a few hours here. Yeah. but I don't think I, I don't see them having any use for him at all. So he's the one yeah. player that I definitely see them on that side. Salary. He yeah. has to. You have to get the shot of him somehow. Now, at the start of the season, we were told that Andy Rose wasn't going to be a starter. He was brought here as depth. He's now started 18 games, which is the most in always five seasons in MLS. Not all in midfield either. Not, yeah. Oh, of course, actually. I've forgotten about that. He's I think a, you were blocking that, suppressing yeah. that. Well, he had a good start and then it kind of wobbled a bit, to be nice. He got his face broken too this year. Oh, yeah. He's on. He's only on a hundred ninety-two and a half, which for me, like with Sutter, that's fine for a backup. I've no issues with that. He's a backup that you, like Tybert, you know you can count on him. He's reliable. He can come in, make starts when you need him. Again, not the most dynamic player. Some in the fan base don't seem too high in him, but I say keep him, but as a backup. Yep. And on that salary, I've no concerns with that at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think he's going anywhere. Oh, the only place I see is LAFC. <laughs> yeah. We we need for me two new midfield starters. And maybe some depth. If you've got Tybert and Rose, I guess that would be Yeah, that would be depth. Uh, my, young guys. My, my feeling is is you bring in a box to box who can play as a holding midfielder as well, and you get a box to box who can play as a number ten. And then you do you pair those two with Wang, and I think you're you're Wang. I think you're good. The other thing I'll say about this group that you got here, Michael, uh, I think it's fair to assume at this point, anyways, that the U23 squad uh, will not be playing in a league next year. Yeah. Therefore, I think one of, or potentially even both, depending on how many other midfielders they bring in, of Baldissimo and Coline need to be in something like CPL on loan yep. or somewhere, they USL should, on loan. They have to get something. proper minutes. Yeah, they got to be playing. Michael Baldissimo has had horrible injury stuff right, this year. Right. He's injured again. So it's not been a great year for him. Send him over to Pacific, play with his brother. That would be fantastic for him. Get some competitive minutes at a higher level, at a good level. Now, let's move on to the attack. We do have one. Ardiez, Bear, Bangura, Blundell, Chirinos, Montero, Reina, Ricketts. So much to ponder from that little group. Theo Bear's back, so yep. no need to really talk about him. Anthony Blundell, he's away on loan. He, he shouldn't be back. Is he still got a contract? I, His contract might be over too. You never know. I, know. I think it's options. Yeah, it might. it's going to be options, and if they they've paid money for him. So they're going to want to try and recoup some money. Yeah. He's not going to be back as a white captain. Talking of the loan players, though, that we actually have, three of the attack are on loan. RDS, Bangura, Chirinos. Two definitely not coming back out of those two. Oh, well, RDS is not coming back. I could argue maybe even all three, but yeah. You don't think Chirinos? I don't know. 
Well, right, let, let's start with our young DP. I just like to throw that tag in. My detective buddy, Joaquin Ardiez. Have you booked a tattoo artist yet? I think I'm safe, but <laughs> I've, I've been plying what I want on my neck. Maybe he can pitch in. Yeah. Considering how much <laughs> he made this year. Yeah, he made 272,000, oh, which isn't bad. I'll get neck tattoos and sit on the bench for 272,000. <laughs> if you're listening, Greg, I'm prepared to do that for you. Which, which Greg? Both? Who's the other Greg? Kerfoot and Anderson? Oh, I meant Anderson. Oh, okay. I'd forgotten about the other guy. The Invisible Hand. Yeah. yeah. He has been pretty woeful, even in the games he played. He, he's, he's good up until he has to take a shot, <laughs> which for a striker is a bit of a, a problem. Now, his salary, it's not massive really in the grand scheme of things, like, let's be honest. But this but, is a case where the salary does not matter. Yeah, he doesn't deserve He's to taking up a spot. That. He doesn't deserve to have a spot here. It, Send him back to Switzerland, it's thank the approach, him for his tattoos, yeah. give him a lint bar of chocolate and wave <laughs> him on his way. It's the approach and the attitude that's the problem and the, the effort. Yeah. And, and well, what else is there? <laughs> Basically, and the fact that he doesn't score. No, if he had a terrible, no, if he had a terrible attitude, was terrible in training, but was banging in the goals in the games, no one would, um, less people would care. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know you wouldn't. It's all about the goals. Let's talk move. about talk about banging in goals. Yeah, let's talk about someone else that's a banger. Las Bangura on the bench Less yesterday. Banging. On the bench yesterday. Wasn't brought on when we're chasing a goal. And, and they brought on, on Nowitzki. Right yeah, Nowitzki for Sutter. I yeah. think for me that says his days are over yeah. and he is away back as well. Which I'm sure, yeah. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Well, he came here with a record of inconsistency. And he lived up to it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that record continues. He also he was consistent with his inconsistency. I mean, but to be fair, he, do, he also had some injuries. He, injury yeah. problems. But when he was on... He was good as off the bench. He is only on a hundred thousand, though. That's that is. I've heard some people talk about. It. They said for that money, I think he's fine. Yeah, but the thing is, we don't know if uh, <laughs> the Spanish team is it he's from Spain or being loaned in from Spain. Wherever he's being loaned in from, maybe that his his home I club, say France. His home club is possibly paying some of that in order just to let him because maybe you never know. It's the, or they're paying him on top of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if he's a hundred thousand dollar player. He probably gets more. He did more. That, well, and of course, if we sign him, he might be then expecting more as well. Oh but. yeah, I miss it. Don't you miss the days when it was like one half Ben Gurr or Venuto would be bad, and the second half the other one would be good when he yeah. got proud on himself. Those those were the good times <laughs> of this season. Yeah. Chirinos, the last of the loanees. Most potential? Most potential. Because we didn't haven't get seen a very start much yesterday. I mean, you're wanting to have a look at him and you have him on the bench. Michael, you want to win first. I, I do. Now, it's a small sample size and he's a small player to sample. <laughs> Hard to judge fully in what we've seen and he has shown some glimpses. You like how much he sweats. Yeah, he sweats an awful lot. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be another frustratingly inconsistent player. And if he's on the left side frustrating me and Adnan's on the left side frustrating me, I don't want to watch that. I would just be happy to say, you know what, we took a punt on you. It hasn't worked out. Unless you're coming here super, super cheap, let's just part ways. Yeah, exactly. Does, it, does, does anyone miss like uh, Christian Tichera? Or I do. Yeah, yeah those are the days. Look, that little mosquito guy as well. Yeah. Nico. He wasn't a starter. 
Eric Hurtado. Scored some goals. This is how bad this season is. I'm reminiscing about Eric Hurtado and Mosquito. And I was quite glad that they'd both left. Yeah. Another newbie we have to look at is Toussaint Ricketts. Toss. I don't want to, I really like Toussaint and I want to keep him around based yeah. not so much on what he's done here, but what he's done previously in the league, but elsewhere. Yeah. As long as he's not on a stupid salary, he hasn't had a lot of luck so far. There's been some things really gone against him. And the, and the thing is, Ricketts, uh, if you, even if you don't want him as a striker, he can play out on the wing. Yeah. yeah. He's got that effort. And he's, bringing him off the bench is like a yeah. great... And he's got some pace, which yeah. the side desperately needs. And MDS has talked about him wearing down defences, and then that allows Monterre to come on and hit late goals, as he has the last two weeks. Which brings us to the two known quantities of the attack. Freddie Montero, Jordi Reyna. Now, Montero's had a disappointing season. Fair to say. I'm pretty sure he'll say that as well. We mentioned it last week. It's his worst MLS season ever. Which is not over. No. If he gets two more goals, he's tying and getting into double figures. I'm pretty sure that's a motivating factor for him. And he's maybe got some kind of bonus in for double figures as well. I'm sure he'll do it. I don't know if you're aware he has got a two-year contract, so he is due to come back. Oh, does he really? Yeah. I wasn't sure. Someone told me that in part two. I can't remember who that was. Now, he he came on as a sub yesterday and had done very little, but to be fair, no one was giving him the ball. He was just kind of plowing a lone furrow up front. And he alluded to it after the match when he said, I'm the type of forward that needs the ball into the box. That's how I can show my best. He finally got the ball into the box from Adnan and he buried it with a brilliant header. That was a really, really well taken. Fadeaway header. Fadeaway header. He's on 968,000 guaranteed. That might drop next year because his base, I think, was 750 or something. I think usually usually people say, like, I think maybe you've said it that the first year is more than the second. It's a bit higher than it goes down. Now, obviously, he's got a high trade value in the league, and you heard Porter there describe him as being lethal one of the most lethal strikers in, in the league. He has broken Caleb's heart a few times, so that's a reason to love him. But MDS talked up Jizzy yesterday as well, saying, oh, that's the ideal kind of forward that you want. Montero's talking up, Mon- uh, Porter's talking up Montero. MDS you want is talking up Gar- I don't Jardis. Think so. Do we see a little swap? No, I don't think it's a swap. <laughs> the only way Montero leaves is, I think, like a team like Nashville who mm. might not be able to bring in the striker or that they uh, looking for maybe That's bring him in for a one year as an as a name recognition. I see that happening possibly and I don't think uh Nashville will have to give up that much to get him either so the Vancouver will be willing to pay him. And it's a good thing for Montero he can open up a franchise in Nashville mm. coffee place so he can start spreading out. I'm actually going to be visiting his coffee shop this week Tuesday or Wednesday. Excellent. So, free you, samples, I'd be delighted you, to have, Freddie, if you're listening. Did he give you some coupons? or No, I should have mentioned it to you. should training. have, yeah. I'll send him a message. Just don't Instagram. mention when you go across the border, come back and then say, I just visited this Colombian place. Because <laughs> <laughs> you might get searched otherwise. I've got, I've got some baggies in the back. Yeah. <laughs> He's on 968, as we said. Now, two goals in two weeks coming off the bench. He could be our super sub. Very costly super sub. I'm not sure he would want a super sub role or how that would sit with the fans when what you're paying with him. But if we could get him at a decent deal and he was performing regularly off the bench, I'd take that every day of the week. 
Yeah, I, I Plus don't. I like Freddie. I, I, we, we were talking about yesterday. It would be a really big luxury for the Whitecaps yeah. if they could keep him as. And you a know super. that we're a club that has luxury players. Yeah. yeah, if they bring in a guy that is the ideal player, like like you said, like Jizzy is, um, uh, Montero would be the guy off the bench. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll be here. He probably shouldn't be here, but contractually, he, he will be here. Yeah. He's a guy that we know can score. And if we can get a team that can give him the ball in the box, he'll put it in the back of the net more often than not, I think. Now, Jordi Reyna. For him, I think it's more a case of, does he want to be back next year? We'll gladly bring him back. I don't know that he wants to be back. I think his sights are on something a bit bigger. Yeah, I think if they can... Um, if they go to three five two, he'd be the ideal uh, guy as the second striker yeah. next to somebody who's the ideal number nine. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah, but I, I agree with Michael. I can't. I don't think he really wanted to be here this year, and I can't see him. I I can see him looking for opportunities elsewhere. I think so. We need wingers. We need a proven goal scorer. So many clubs want that. Again, it depends on what formation. They might yeah. not need any wingers yeah, at all. True. They just may need strikers or guys in the middle. Yeah. Putting the, this segment together and breaking down who we have here, the thing that jumped out for me is just how piss poor the squad is this year. And You still think it's better than 2011? <laughs> in theory, yes, it should no. be because where these guys have been playing. I think you're undervaluing Jonathan Leathers. I think I might be. And I start. Knight. I start West Knight right back over Jonathan Leathers. It just shows you the work we need, though, and the work that Mark has to do this summer to make them competitive. A couple of tweets I'll just quickly go through here. Optimist Anonymous at High in Caps. He wants to keep his starters: Reina, Kripo, Adnan. That's it. He's not convinced, but would keep Godoy, Inbom, Henry, and Cornelius, and for depth only, Bear, Rusty, Montero, and Nerwinski. He'd release Erise. Bangura, RDS, PC, Rose, Sutter, Ricketts. And he's, he says, who? For Kamiri and Chirinos. No name underscore actual said, in MLS, who do you think we should try to bring to the Caps or are our only best options outside the league? So we won't break down the first part of that just now because that will be for a future show. I think we need to get guys that's played in the league. Yeah. We shouldn't just be bringing guys no. in from out with. You mean a, a mix? Yeah, we yeah. need a mix because this, this year, bringing all those guys that had not been used to the league and for all you can say about, oh, they should be able to travel, etc., etc., it's a killer. When you're used to just being on a bus for a couple of hours, this takes some getting used to. But that is it for this part. Let us know who you would keep trade or release and we'll, we'll get to that next week. We will be back, though, with our look around the MLS West after this. Hi, I'm to St. Ricketts, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I knew that it would come to this. Mad at you and I, I would drive you over the edge, rattle you inside. So I started thinking, what could break your mind? Maybe if you saw the citizens of Gotham City die. Ah, that's it, earn them while they're all alive. Deep fried, let them cry, maybe then you'll realize. I will never stop, death is a paradise. By the way, I killed Gordon too and kept a pair of eyes. Souvenir, come on, pets, really you're in all? Even Gordon tried to talk when I melted off his jaw. I don't have a limit, always go too hard. Steady pushing for the joke that would go too far. Mm, let me bring you back. Now 
wanna see him snap Try to stop him, then I squeeze till I heard his neck crack I don't feel the same So serious, Steve. Why? Oh, the, that was a that was a rap uh, about uh, the Batman who laughs. A fantastic new character that came in the last couple of years. It's from another universe. It's the combination of Batman and the Joker. Oh, it's a vicious, vicious Batman. I'm finally it's catching th- up with the end of Gotham. Yeah, it's, I've only got nine episodes. It's to go. the 80th. Oh, I haven't watched it. Don't it's, tell me. It's 80th anniversary of Batman this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. They've been celebrating all this year. Nothing will beat the 60s series for me. Hmm. Adam West and all that? Yeah. Even, like, the villains, they were just so camp and just so over the top, it was fantastic. Something else that's camp and over the top is the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory from the University of British Columbia. Steve is showing me some covers for the Batman movies. Scott Snyder... Big fan of his stuff. No, it's not Scott Snyder. Oh, is it, it Scott Snyder? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 sorry. I thought you said Zack Snyder. That's what Batman Who Laughs looks like. Oh. I like that. I might have to check that out. Are they making that into any movies or anything? Not yet. Probably down the road if they do. Hmm. Tell you what they might make into a movie down the road is this MLS season in the Western Conference. Segway. Because it's that exciting. Unless you're the White Caps. <laughs> who somehow are still the only team with two to three games to go. We're the only Western team that's officially been eliminated from playoff contention. That's how good they are. That, that's a record. Yeah, but they're, they're, they got pretty close to eliminating Columbus. Yeah, well, they're in a different conference. I thought Houston was out too last week. No. No. Barely. Sporting KC in Houston, they're hanging on by a ball here. Houston actually got a win coming from a goal down. Scoring two in a three-minute spell to, to see off Orlando 2-1, keeping their hopes alive. Sporting KC, though, they kind of look dead and buried. They're going from one disaster to another. They were two up after 14 minutes. They looked in good shape. Then Matt Beasler got sent off in the 20th. Kai Kamara, oh. goal of the week. Did you see his Instagram post? Oh, no. He's like... <laughs> He's like, I rode my bike to my reunion with sporting uh, with, with the Kansas City Wizards at Sporting Kansas City. It was a nice goal. He should. It, it wasn't the most beautiful bicycle ever, but no. it was. Ni- it was nice. Yeah, it should still win goal of the week. But imagine if we got someone like him as a striker. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, yesterday, yesterday during the game. Okay, uh, I just got home from work and we're sitting down to watch the game, and my son's building some Lego and stuff, and he turns to me. And about halfway through the game, where he turns to me, he's just like, "Why is it, why isn't Kai Kamara playing for Vancouver anymore?" And I looked at him, I was like, "Because Vancouver didn't want him, son." And and the look he gave me of like, it was just like, "How dumb are these people?" I think if Kai if Kai Kamara hadn't answered some of the questions like he did last year, he might have been fine. What question? At end of the press conference. Nah, he's no. already known. By yeah, no, did he? Yeah, by they were then. stupid then. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's yeah. what, that, but I, I tell you, if MDS had his choice, I think he would have kept him. Honestly, I, I think, think he would have. Hindsight, I think. No, not does, even hindsight. I think, think I think he was told that Kai Kamara is not coming back. Mm, probably. It was a nice goal. Yeah, Rapids won it. Two goals in the last fifteen got them the the three two win. Basically, sunk KC. And I know they've been hit hard with injuries this year, but 
is it just that or has the league maybe moved on a little bit and Peter Vermees has kind of been left behind he hasn't moved on some people in other parts of this country like to point out the fact that Kansas City has experienced what they experienced last year after having a longish run in the CONCACAF Champions League and how that has impacted their season well, I mean, obviously, we'll be getting Johnny Russell when they blow the team up. Did you see Peter Bermuda at the end of the game? I could have sworn he was wearing like a, a keeper kit or something like that. Oh. He was like all in yellow. I don't know what that was about. See, he's a guy. He's juggling head coach and sporting director. And I don't think that's a good a good fit. You have to have two different guys doing well, that. Except for you have control. Because you, you can't be in control your whole squad and training and everything and scouting and looking for talent and doing all that you need to have the two is he scouting though I don't think he's I don't scouting. think he's, he's probably got people yeah. scouting for him plus the other thing about them is they have a Teams very they have a <laughs> they have a very clear philosophy of how they approach bringing in players they only bring in players who play a similar style to their team yeah I just think he's too set in his ways and he needs to just change that a little bit. Well, hopefully we'll see you next year when they're not yeah. as involved. I do think it's going to blow it up. Maybe not let someone like Aikapara go that's very vital to their oh, defense. Yeah, that was, I think that was a huge yeah. one there. Yeah. But if it blows up, there's a few guys there I'd be very happy to take here. And I'm pretty sure MDS would as well. And you, not just Johnny. You know who was happy with the Aikapara thing? Aikapara. <laughs> our, our good friend Michael Boxall, I think, has enjoyed playing next to Aikapara for most of the year. Now, there's an interesting and somewhat controversial game in Atlanta. Defending MLS Cup champs scored twice at the death, 90th and 92nd minute, to see off San Jose, who had Wando and Espinosa sent off. But Wando, it was an injury time after the two goals, I think, were scored. The, the latter, like Espinosa was sent off for a second bookable offence. That was a bit questionable as well. Wando, straight red for foul and abusive language. They are now both out of this next game, and who knows, maybe it'll be more than a one-game ban. That could be so costly for them because they've dropped to seventh now after their rise up to second. This is how tight it is. And this could be massive for them. And we'll come why in in a little bit because you'll see one of the games that they've got coming up. In that game, though, Joseph Martinez went off injured and it looked bad at the time. De Boer said after the game that it wasn't looking good. Murmurs today are it might not be, and they're wanting it's, to see how it looks say on weeks, Monday. Weeks, not yeah. months. That's so what it looked like he was out for the rest of the season, but he could be back for the playoffs. The injury kind of stopped. It was in the 79th minute, so I don't know if he was going to score anyway, but he had the second longest goal scoring streak in world football at 15 games, six behind Messi's record of 21. So that's now gone. So sad. 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 Yeah. Sad. RSL. They drew 0-0 at New England, and the LA Galaxy were made to work hard to see off Montreal 2-1. Zlatan opened the scoring. Could have been handball, could have been offside, wasn't a VAR. Goal was given. Oh, Zlatan. Yeah. He's on 27 goals now for the season. Vela's got 29. Martinez is 26, so that's obviously not going to increase. Put that into some perspective. Whitecaps, as a, as a team, 33. If one of those so guys, so we're going to win the golden boot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get to a goal a game? Are we going to get this one more goal that gets us a goal a game? Oh, here we go. Oh, sure, it's going to happen. Hmm. He's Mister Confident sometimes. It's going to happen. It'll happen next week in LA. We're going to shock them. One 0 win against the Galaxy. 
I wouldn't doubt it. LA Galaxy is sometimes like you don't know what kind of yeah. team is going to show up every week. That, they're such a strange team. It looked like they were resurgent and then they really struggled against Montreal who had been crap the week before. I will come to their midweek exploits in, in a sec. Do you, do you genuinely think that they can get anything away to LA? No. Okay. I think they'll score against I Alex said they L. could score a goal. Oh, I didn't say they were okay. going to win the game or even a draw. The other LA team, LAFC, their struggle continues. Winless streak. If, if you can call a team that's only lost four games all year and they're 15 points clear at the top struggling, <laughs> LAFC are struggling. They needed a late penalty to draw 1-1 with TFC. Penalty was not given, despite it being right in front of Ted Uncle. And then you've got the LAFC players yelling at him that it was a penalty. Bradley and Cole yelling at him not to listen to them. And then he eventually goes, and then it's a clear penalty. It's like kicked in the chest. Yeah. It's a five. They're on a five-game winless streak right now. Three of those were at home. So three draws at home, one Four loss. Four of them were draws in that five. Yeah, three three one. draws at home, one draw on the road, and one loss on the road out of those five. What would it be like to have four draws in a row? Heaven. I think we did that. <laughs> Are they going to blow it in the playoffs again? Are they going to have been dominant? And then when it really matters, it's... You know the league wants them to play the Galaxy in the... Oh, yeah. That would and I want them to host the MLS Cup because I quite fancy going down for oh. it because I'd like to see that stadium in action. It just It's a great atmosphere. I feel, I would say best in MLS. Yeah, yeah, arguably right, maybe right now. In the, during the regular season. I don't know, Portland is something special. <laughs> I disagree with that. There's a fly in here that's annoying the hell out of us. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby, out. Today, Portland and Minnesota drew 0-0. Both teams could have won it. Minnesota had a great chance with basically the last kick when Chara completely fucked it up and let, I can't remember who it was that was through on goal and you're like, oh, come on, put this away. But he didn't. Portland are winless in three now. All of them at home. No goal scored in any of them. Two of them were draws. Now, we talked about, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to be in the playoffs because they've got all this homestand coming yeah. up. They're now eighth out of the playoffs only on the tiebreaker because they haven't scored as many goals as San Jose. Now, those two teams meet in the last game of the season. That is going to be a cracker. Yeah. That's worth kind of getting down to. That's going to be the main match. It's you in have Portland, to too? I yeah, think it is. I think yeah. it is, yeah. Dallas drew 1 1 today with NYCFC. That boosted their playoff hopes a bit. They're one point ahead of Portland and San Jose. And keeping the best to last, Seattle lost 2 0. Yeah. Get in. So all in all, that leaves an almighty battle for the run-in. It's going to be exciting. If you're not a fan of MLS, if you don't find this exciting, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's going to be these next two weeks, because there's some midweek games as well, it's going to be great. There's six points separating second to eighth in the West. Seattle and Dallas have played a game more than the other five. They've got three games left, a lot of midweek ones. The East is also interesting although more in terms of final positioning, because amazingly, six of the seven player spots are done. done and dusted already. And it looks good for any revs. don't know if I said any. <laughs> New England. New England revs. <laughs> any revs. <laughs> any revs. Any of the revs that are out there. Any revs. Any, re- ever, any revolutionaries. I don't know what that They're was, seventh. But. They've got a game in hand. Three-point cushion. But they play Portland away. Home to NYC, and then they're away at Atlanta. So they could realistically not get any points from that. 
And they meet on Wednesday. I don't know who meets on Wednesday. I've put they meet on Wednesday, and that should be another cracker. There we go. <laughs> oh, NYC in Atlanta. Yeah. They meet on Wednesday. That should be another cracker. Yeah, I should go. read my notes carefully. Now, just a little bit of fun to round this segment off. I'm a boxing fan. I was watching Tyson Fury last week. He is referred to as the, the linear heavyweight champion of the world. Now, for anyone that doesn't know what that means, it means he was the man that beat the man that beat the man. So the main title belts, oh, he had right. them stripped from him. So he never lost his titles. He got them taken away because he had some psychiatric problems and drug abuse issues and stuff. So folks still refer to him as being the world champ. He's the linear world champ. So that got me thinking, who would be the linear MLS champ? Just for this season, I didn't go back to the, oh, the formation the of the league in 1996 or 7. Someone's done this with the World Cup before. Oh. Well, when Scotland beat England in 1967 after they won the World Cup, we said we were world champions. That's how it works. I, I've told this story before, I think, but it's been a long time. I was at a friendly between Bayern, Bayern and the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars at uh-huh. a giant stadium like three days after Bayern had won the European Cup. And their players were not in a great shape to play football. And they only brought like 11 or 12 players. And they lost the game like 2-0. And the elderly American gentleman in front of me concluded at the end of the match, therefore, the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars were better than every single team in Europe. That is how it works. So Atlanta obviously won the MLS Cup last year. But they lost their first match to DC, who then drew 1-1 before losing to LAFC on April 6th. Oh, LAFC no. then won their next game, and then Vancouver beat LAFC on April 17th to become MLS champs. We've got an MLS. I want a ring. <laughs> Talk to Palmutica. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, I want my MLS champ ring for 2019. And Greg Kerfoot, if you're listening as well, these players, I want to see these rings for the end of the season. The champs are here. But... Oh, we lost it the very next week. Is that not also Vancouver? Yeah. Now, I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of all 34 weeks of the season, but there were some fun aspects. Atlanta got it back on May 8th when they beat TFC, but there's only a handful of teams that have held it over this season. Colorado have, Dallas have, Seattle and Portland have, us. Who do you think the linear MLS champs are? Toronto? Yeah. No. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. TFC are the champs again. Please, someone beat them soon. No, it doesn't care. you got to go to 96 and go from there. That would be... If anyone's listening and wants to do it, either from when the Whitecaps joined in 2011, no, I want no. to see how many times we've been at MLS champs, or from 96, that would be great fun. That only took me like five minutes to do. So you can go to results map on the MLS website. It only counts for official league map. Yeah, only matches. league games. So, yeah. But we were MLS champs, and congratulations, Whitecaps. <laughs> Did you tell, have you told him? I haven't told yes. anyone yet. I just worked that out tonight before I left. Oh, I went to bed early. I had half an hour to kill. <laughs> Mark's going to be so excited. You oh, should tell him. I'll tell him next week. <laughs> and he beat his old team to do it. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back with more nonsense after this. Hi, I'm Mark Anthony Kay, and you're listening to the AFTN Radio Show.
Welcome back to the final part of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Who was that, Steve? Uh, that was Paper Moons, Canadian band, uh, with What Are You Going To Do? So, what are we going to do in this final part of the show? Well, regular listeners will know. BC Soccer Web Headlines is coming up, but before that, it's Wavelength Time, everybody. Everyone's favourite time of the show. And this week... We're going back to 2015 and an American band from the San Francisco area. This is Suede Razors with something the White Cats were lacking at BC Place yesterday Passion on the Pitch. Wade Razors there with Passion on the Pitch. Something we'll hopefully see a lot more of on the BC Place pitch next season. Now, it's time for BC's Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories and more beside. Make it part of your daily routine, morning, noon and night. 
check out vcsuckleweb.com. What's been catching your eyes on the site this week, Steve? Uh, some controversy in Italy to start off no. with. No. Um, Juventus, uh, uh, well, Italian police have arrested about 12 hardcore Juventus ultra fans, uh, their leaders, on uh, Monday for a series of accusations, including making illegal demands to the club to obtain more tickets. They basically threatened to carry out racist chants during matches if they were not able to give, they were not given more tickets than the number allotted. Basically, they wanted to resell them for a profit. Not a good sign. No, I saw that earlier in the week, and it's like, to use, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to really do this uh, and be really racist unless you give us what we want. That's ridiculous. There was a, a game today in Italy that was stopped for three minutes. The referee took the players off because of racist chants. It's gotten worse there. It's like every <clears throat> every which way. Not, not not to defend the racist chanting in any way, shape, or form. Did you guys see what the, the inter-ultras came out and said? Uh, in response yeah. to uh, Romelu Lukaku a couple weeks ago, oh, they, they came out and said, "Oh yeah." They just came out and said, "Look, we're not racist. We're just trying to get you off your game. This is about winning the game. This is about uh, getting in your head. We're not racist. We're just saying racist things because we know that I tell you. I'm not defending that position in any way, shape, or form. There's better, but, there's better ways to get in people's heads. Yeah, but uh, but I think that they're saying that in the context of now. I remember when I started when Syria was on Rai when I was a kid on Saturdays and Sundays. Sun, I think I'm Sundays glad that's where this story was going. I was no, I remember no, I was chatting no, racist stuff in there. No, no, but I remember watching like you know Juventus versus Parma and the entire Stadio della Elpi, Stadio della Elpi in, in Turin would boo when Festino Aspria would get on the ball for for for, uh, for Parma. So. That doesn't ha- quite happen, I don't think, like that as much anymore. I don't know. But it seems to. I mean, I don't watch Italian football, but from what you read, there seems to be, it seems rife over there. Yeah, I put Italian football on when I want to take a nap. Um, MLS to, uh, <laughs> is, is changing their uh, hydration um, uh, suppliers. Uh, they're going to switch to a company called Body Armor. I've never heard of them, but they've signed a no. multi-year deal with them. Um, not they're making they're making the brand's league official sports drink partner starting the 2020 season. Apparently, this this sports drink, which I've never heard of, is sold in uh, in the stores and predicted to surpass 700 million dollars in retails by the end of 2019. It also includes the Liga MX versus MLS club matchups and all those other places too. I will check it out when I go down to the states tomorrow. Yeah, you see, they pack some body armor. Yeah. A UCLA mom has been charged with paying $400,000 to get the, his, her son admitted into a, as a fake soccer uh, recruit. Is this a part of that whole thing that took down the, yeah, uh, the celebrities? Yeah, but this mother um, is in is from Surrey, uh, but kind of like, uh, but is actually a national of uh, China or something. I think she moved over to Surrey. She's not a permanent resident or, or a citizen. Um, but she was arrested Monday night in Spain. And is basically waiting indictment into the U.S. for that charge. If she wants to give me four hundred thousand, I'll get her into one of the VMSL teams over here. Talk about more court cases here. Um, Mike Pecky is suing his former yes. team, saying he's owed seven hundred thousand dollars. This is a big story, like yeah. a long. Like I, I only put a few points in here, but if you read it, you could have got a lot more information yes. in there. Um, they're basically arguing that. RSL violated the contract by firing him before, sorry, at the end of the two-week unpaid suspension. They allege the the written contract amendment 
that Petke had signed expressly stipulated that future infractions could result in his immediate dismissal for cause. But Arsenal ended up firing him anyways, uh, even though they ha- he had that written in there. It also outlines that an option that RSL ownership had made Petke to accept the $75,000 and resign from the coaching job himself. And there was a lot more information there. There was a yeah, lot. It's definitely a, check it out. It's about the, there. apparently there was some video brought up too that uh, shows the owner of RSL meeting with fans. Um, I think uh, there yes, was. Yes, yeah. one of the women's games. I yeah. Think so there, there's a, there's a yeah. lot more information in that article. Uh, Bo from B&G Media had yeah. tweeted out, I retweeted out a good link that's got all the, the stuff on it. It's fascinating. This is going to run and run and run, I think. A uh, new 12,000-seat soccer stadium is going to be part of Spruce Meadows' future plan. Um, the 30-year plan for the future of Spruce Meadows includes a 12,000-seat seat stadium and investments in field houses as they kind of evolve from its current equestrian-specific focus. So hopefully yeah. that means no more horses on the pitch. Hopefully no more concrete trucks in the pitch at yeah. halftime either. Yeah, this is a, uh, they said this is a 30-year plan, so people need to realize it's not going to all happen at the yeah. same time. So it's a long-term plan. It's good they have a 30-year plan. Yeah, I, I said this at the time when I went there. I loved Spruce Meadows. It was a great little... It's a beautiful. magical little place, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like Disneyland. The Disneyland yeah. of Alberta. Um, it's a magical place. You can watch Tommy there. <laughs> Speaking of Canadian soccer, uh, Canada is closing ground. They're uh, yes. in the hex uh, for the, the, the to try to get to the hex. They're basically the top six get in. They're in seven spots right now, five points behind El Salvador. Um, Just need to beat the U.S. twice and six. I don't think they need to even. Uh, it's beat a win the and US. a draw, yeah. Michael. I don't even. Think, I don't. No, I, they're, I think, they're targeting a win and a draw, but I think but, a draw might be enough. I, but one, I think a yeah, one win would definitely be but that's enough. That's for now because you have to remember these rankings. It's until June twenty twenty. <clears throat> I understand that, but El Salvador right now is playing in a lower, lower, uh, lower nationals, yeah. and they're playing lower teams, so they're not going to get very many points out of them. And they also playing. had some shock results, right? Yes, they yeah, lost they to one of the teams. Been atrocious for and a even, long, long time. Even for example, Panama, who is behind. Um, Canada at this point, and I think they're six points behind. So they they overtook uh, Panama already, and Panama I think lost to Bermuda Bermuda or something. And they're going to have to play Mexico twice there or something like that. So they're not in good standings either. Uh, The French league has dropped League Cup to ease pressure on the calendar. They basically, after being founded in 1994, the authorities are just scrapping the country's League Cup after this season, leaving England as the only. Major footballing uh, nation with two domestic knockout competitions. Michael, no, no, Scotland's got two as well. Do you? Really? Oh, yeah, you do. Wait a second. Let me check. Major. Oh, major How do you feel? How do you feel about that? You're from I, the British I, Isles. Yeah, I think that's disgraceful. The dropping or the having? The to? dropping. It's, for me, see, I, I come from a team that we've won the League Cup three times, so the, a League Cup means something special to me. And I like get rid of all this Champions League crap and all the Europa League and all the qualifying for it and just have your champions in it and then allow the domestic competitions to go on. Or allow the League Cup for lower league teams. Yeah, keep, it, just, keep that, it for everyone that, that probably, England, ha- England has it. Not, everyone that's not in Europe takes part in this. Yeah, oh, or the, yeah. even the even the Premier League, if you you can have a choice to enter it or not. You, you make it a choice. Um, MLS expansion draft has been set for Inter-Miami and Nashville. It's set to take place on November 19th, which is much earlier than normal. And, and the Whitecaps will not be losing yeah. any players. They're they're among five <laughs> because teams. Because they're shit and no one wants to pick them. <laughs> well, but that's what that, we thought last yeah. year too. And somebody got picked. 
Um, they will, there'll be 12 players protected apparently. Um, and so they'll have five players, uh, each after this expansion draft, other than Whitecaps, DC United, Red Bulls, Dynamo and FC Dallas are the other teams that will not be having players picked. Paul Byrne stepped down to CPL president after 2019 yeah. season. Step, stepping down. Yeah. Stepping down. He's, uh, apparently will be leaving to pursue a club opportunity. So I don't know what that is about. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that develops. I wonder if it's going to be in Canada or is he going back over to the UK? That'll be interesting to see how that develops. Um, we should Peter, on the show again before he leaves. Yeah. Former Whitecap Peter Beersley has been banned from soccer for eight months for racism. He's been suspended. will have to take classes to make himself eligible to return to work in England. Um, also, the FA was very apologetic about having to suspend him as well, it seemed like. I don't know how anyone understood him to begin with to, to say that he said those comments, but there we go. Uh, Football League suspected hacker has been charged in Portugal. Rio Pinto, his name is, uh, has been charged with 147 offences in Portugal. Relating were, to the were, were any of these the fact that I had so many Panini stickers of him one year? I don't know. Because sure. I did. <laughs> well, I think it's a different Rio Pinto. Um, it's relating to unauthorized uh, access to data and uh, attempted extortion. He claims to have acted in the public's interest and it should not be charged. That's what he feels like. Yeah. There's a lot of things I feel as well, but uh, unfortunately, the law says otherwise. doesn't supersede the law. Yeah. We started with a negative story from Italy, the star, and it ended with a f- positive story from Italy. Ooh. A fifth missing child was found via Roma's social campaign. Uh, basically, the Italian club has helped find five children since partnering with UK charity Missing People in July. They basically released the info of on the children when they announced news or transfers, major transfers. They released the news of, like, the description of the child and everything, and it's helped with five. They were basically inspired by uh, Soul Asylum's uh, 92 video uh, runaway train. I don't know if you oh, remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you were talking about positive stories from Italy, I thought for sure you were going to mention Frank Ribery's beautiful goal for Fiorentina today. Is that Italian that really doesn't team? fall into headlines. No. Oh. It does for me. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, that's it for this week's show. We've actually finished in time for once. Who'd have funk it? Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me at WhitecapsBeat on Twitter. For me, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at Canada, on Instagram at Soccer. Give us a follow, subscribe, like, all that stuff that the young kids say on YouTube at Canada. Did any of you guys learn anything from this week's show? I, I learned that. I learned that you won a ring for the, for Vancouver's um, linear MLS yes, Cup. I want my ring. And I feel Michael has grown since he hasn't made any brown face jokes this week at all. But he should say that. No, that's <laughs> no, good enough. No. <laughs> Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
Et...